0: Previously recorded in both Chattanooga and Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is NFL's 4th and Goal, a production of next Season Sports Media. Hello everybody and welcome to NFL's, it's a return to old habits, my name is Jacob Wilkinson.
1: My name is Drew Wade, and falling right back into old habits never felt so good.
0: that's right. it's It's good to be here uh, once again, uh, one cool week after the last to talk about <laughs> two more divisions of NFL football. Um, what i I don't know how football would have changed for you. Has there been any news in the last week? Not really.
1: Um, I mean, there's been one preseason game since last we spoke, True. and the and it was very important. The Browns uh, beat the Jets. The Browns second and third stringers beat the Jets second and third. Stringers. <laughs>
0: Let's go! <laughs> All right. Well, I,
1: I mean, the there's a, looks... there's a back. <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's a backup quarterback on the. The Browns, that actually, I think, is very intriguing. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he's a rookie. They drafted this year. Kind of sucks because Deshaun Watson is guaranteed at least four more years. So he's just going to be on the bench that whole time, which mm-hmm. is an unlucky. But uh, he looks like he could actually be a player.
0: Well, maybe if Deshaun doesn't pan out, they'll have some options, I suppose. Really exciting time to be a Browns fan for sure.
1: Yeah, I'd be wearing that like a badge of honor if I was a Browns <laughs> fan. That's for sure.
0: Oh well. All right, let's let's get into these divisions. Enough enough horsing around. This week we have one horse team to talk about, and we're, we're going to cover the AFC North and the NFC. Uh, sorry, the AFC South and the NFC North. So the opposite of last week's episode, basically Complimentary complimentary if you will oh i will let's do it do it oh, i will who do you want to start with
1: let's uh let's start with the nfc north this week let's go top to bottom from how they finished last year so that'll start us with the minnesota vikings who were one of the most overachieving teams in the world last year their win total before the season was nine they ended up 13 and four their win total for this season must be bumped up right wrong eight and a half is Mm. the over under for the vikings this year and i gotta be honest i kind of was on the vikings are a meme side as well and i know they were 11 and 0 in one score games last year but some of those games included wins against teams like the bills they were in it the whole time with the bills ended up pulling it out at the end um, they had other impressive wins that aren't jumping to the, t- the top of my tippy top <laughs> of my brain at the moment. But I know their defense is bad, it's probably going to be worse because they lost some talent on the defense this year. Although they did hire Brian Flores to be their DC, so maybe that can make up for some of it. But I still think their offense is going to be really good. I actually kind of like Kirk Cousins after watching that QB documentary. He seems like he just seemed like a really like, nice, everyman <laughs> kind of guy, to be honest. That's funny. Um, and he actually seemed like a really a tough sucker, if you will, with all those hits that he takes. Um, don't really think about it, just watching play to play. But um, I think they're going to be good again. I think 8.5 is definitely doable for them. I think they're a little bit slept on. I'm going over.
0: Yeah, this one is a little tough for me because even though I did really believe in this team last year, I think that there's a little, a little bit of reasons on both sides uh, to trend one way or the other this season. They lost a few key pieces of their offense in the last year or so, not anything extremely major. You mentioned on our last episode Adam Thielen moving uh, – I can't remember which team he's going to now. But, the uh, Panthers. That's right, to the Panthers. You mentioned that he's uh, an aged Adam Thielen, if nothing yeah. else. So I, I, I do certainly think that this isn't like the Dynamo – Gun offense that like they might have been hailed as for the last few years, but I still have a lot of faith in Kirk Cousins. I certainly have a lot of faith in JJ to continue to be an extreme asset to this team. And, um, just in general, with the Packers, you know, I think, I think like more than anything last year, like the Vikings go up was due to the Packers just like no longer holding the chokehold on this division that they've had for so long now. So I think like, even if the Vikings aren't getting favorite nods at this point in time, I do think that like the fact that I, I they, they do just tend to succeed whenever green Bay isn't there to hold them down a little bit. And, and I don't see them losing nine games this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the over as well.
1: Very nice. This is a Vikings podcast. Um, I don't have the Joe Biden drop anymore, but Minnesota! (laughs) Um, um, Let's move to the team that finished second in the NFC North last year. The Darlings of the NFL is getting favorite nods. The Detroit Lions, they finished at... Where did they finish last year? They finished... At nine and eight, uh, much better than their uh, preseason win total of six and a half. The, Vegas has wised up this year. They're now at nine and a half, as you just mentioned, the favorites to win this division. What do you think about that?
0: Um, I will say that, like, at first sniff, losing Jamal Williams is such a huge l for this team that I was really bummed to hear about, like when the news came out um, because, I really love Jamal Williams and I think that he was certainly a key contributor not only to the success that the Lions were finding, mm-hmm. but also just like their identity and culture. Like
1: he was like, the vibes last yeah, year,
0: exactly. So. Like I, I, it, it's it's tough for me to be like, oh, th- this team is going to go further than they ever have without like what was the, the first name <laughs> that came to mind whenever I thought of this team last season. Um, but that means that they had. A pretty productive off season. These guys were going hard in the paint in free agency this off season, like really trying to make up for the fact that they uh, lost Jamal Williams. They signed almost like ten guys out of the free agency or something like that, including uh, Marvin Jones Jr., Cameron Sutton, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. So I do think that they clearly were continuing to focus on looking for like young. Guys who will fit their system well, like people like continue to do this sort of like Island of Misfit toys vibe that has been working pretty well for the Lions for the last few seasons. And um, again, this division is not the uh, Aaron Rodgers MVP production machine that it once was anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it, I do feel kind of optimistic for the Lions breaking double digit wins going to be tough for them, but at six and a half last year they cleared at nine and eight so i am feeling good about them taking the over this this season as well
1: yeah i um i I totally forgot about the fact they added cam Sutton so him and cj Gj is gonna be like a huge like upgrade in their secondary. Yeah. I, I think they're still gonna struggle on defense. I think they're gonna be in a lot of shootouts like they were last year, but those two guys uh, should be like far and away better than what they had at those positions yeah, last year. for sure. Um,
0: also, 11th easiest schedule in the league. Yes, to yeah. Chart.
1: That's right. And uh, this chart, by the way, for we, we didn't come up with this. Let me give some props from Sharp Football Analysis. Uh, Warren Sharp, if you know who that is, he's a pretty... Well, he's, he's Sharp. That's why he named himself Warren Sharp. Um, but anyway... Um, I do like them to go over. I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. Both with you know the way they've been trending. You know, Jared Goff had his best season last year, or the second best season I guess as a pro last year. Um, Dan Campbell, I think, is a really, really good coach for this team, and I think he's a lot smarter than he gets credit for. Uh, he's not just like a meathead that co- that just happens to coach the team. Like he actually knows great. what he's doing. He's doing a great job. Um, but I don't. I think. Penciling them in as such a strong favorite to win the division. They're at plus 140 to win the division, whereas the Vikings are plus 275. I think yeah. that's taking it a, a bridge too far, but um, I, I I wouldn't be super surprised to see it either. I just think it would be wiser for that to be a little closer. But, yep, I'm going to take over 9.5 as well. Hopefully, we have some more pass catchers emerge for Jared Goff besides the Sun right. God. Um, Jameson Williams their first round pick from last year is gonna be out the first six games with gambling addiction so (laughs) unlucky for them but we're both going over on the Lions let's move on to the Packers the Packers went I I believe also went nine and eight last year yep or no I'm sorry they went eight and nine Uh, that's right if they would have won that last game they would have went nine and eight and been in the playoffs but they didn't Uh, their over under for last year was 11 so uh, that's like tampa bay buccaneers levels of underperforming by the packers last year they and then their win total for the season is seven and a half um mostly all i had to say about the packers is if jordan love is good i think they're gonna be good um, he showed in flashes in times where he's had to step in like in the Eagles game last year when Aaron Rodgers had to leave uh, with an injury Jordan Love came in and actually kept that game competitive and um, they've got some really good young receivers and Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson Aaron Jones still looks pretty electric being used out of the backfield even though I think he's gonna be turning 29 this year so again defense is good if Love is good I think this team actually can make some noise in this division. I'm going to take over seven and a half.
0: That's fair. I think that this is going to be our first disagreement. Not exclusively because I'm not sold on Jordan Love just yet, but I am feeling a little cautious about him taking over as the lead. But on top of that, I think that like this team is not as simple as... like. In a QB that can do what Aaron Rodgers did for them and continuing to find success at this point because of how much they gambled the last few years on on like keeping Aaron Rodgers around for as long as they could. Now, you know, obviously a couple seasons ago Devontae Adams was gone. During this offseason, they lost Alan Lazard, they lost Randall Cobb, they lost um, a, a few of their guys in the defense, like I, way more free agency losses than signings for them this off season. And I think that like, especially with their draft class being not necessarily like at- attacking the positions that they've lost, but just going for like a lot of like best available player during the draft. I, this seems to me like a team that is like pretty aggressively committing themselves to like transition right now. Uh, getting a lot of like newer wide receivers and trying to figure out which ones will work with their with Jordan Love. So I don't think that they're going to have like an immediate great set of targets for Jordan Love to work with. And I think this is going to be a tough season for them. Granted, this is relatively easy, um, you know, division to get wins in, and the Packers are sitting above the the line of like easy schedule for this season. But I I think it's going to be tough for them to pull uh, eight win- as many wins as they got last season out this year. So i go
1: with the under. All right. Yeah. Just a quick note. Whenever I was thinking about like how many wins each of these teams would get, I kind of just had them all going three and three in the division. Obviously that's not yeah. very likely, but I, I kind of see this being a very contentious division this year. That's fair. Um, and, with that, we'll get into the last team in this division. The Chicago Bears finished at 3-14 and last year ugh, after having an over-under win total of 6.5. Famously, there was uh, this Chicago reporter that tweeted... The experts said the Bears would go 3-14 and this year, and they've got two wins after three weeks. They think they're going to go 1-15 the rest of the year. Uh, well, they're 1-13, and that's exactly what they did. But you being the resident former Bears fan on the podcast, uh, do you think they're going to be going over or under 7.5 this year? Uh, they got a bump over what they had even preseason last year.
0: It's, um, you know, I... I... I, I'm actually feeling it right now. I, I think that, like, the coming into this offseason, like, at least at the end of last year, I still thought that the Bears had a long future of grinding ahead of them. Um, but during this offseason, they had, like, so much cap space to work with, and they really went pretty hard with it. Um, I know that they signed Tremaine Edmonds, I think, from Buffalo, who, mm-hmm. like, had a really good season last year. Um, they, like really like their draft I know is lauded as like one of the better drafts uh across the league. They also got uh, a new linebacker, i I believe in TJ Edwards. So they like yep. spent a lot of money this offseason like looking for some like solid talent to fill the holes that they need. And um I I do think that last year They grew up, even with, like, the 1-15 in record, like, Justin Fields as a team leader was growing up a lot over the course of the season. Uh, The defense was starting to buckle down again, which obviously, like, a few years ago was one of the biggest strengths of this team. And I think, traditionally speaking, whenever you think of the Chicago uh, Bears, oh my gosh, sorry, the Chicago Bears (laughs) has been watching too much YouTube about... (laughs) Basketball today. (laughs) When when you think of the Chicago Bears as being a championship level team, it almost always includes a defense that, like, almost nobody can punch through. That's just, like, sort of a franchise truth for them. They kind of live and die by defense. And I think that they had a really solid defensive draft and a really solid defensive offseason. It just, in general, their defense was trending in a very good direction last year. And then you pair that with the sixth easiest schedule in the league. I, I think that, like, these guys will be certainly abusing their fourth seed um, in the NFC, like to to play some pretty easy matchups. Um, I, I feel good about taking the over here.
1: All right. We got another disagreement here. Let me so obviously, I'm taking the under, but uh, let me follow that up with a lot of the positivity I have for this team uh, heading into this year. I think they're gonna be really fun to follow, and I'm very interested to see how they progress. In game situations over last year, if they're able to come out on top of some of these high scoring games that I think they'll probably be in again, I think Justin Fields is a stud, and I'm really glad that they traded away the number one overall pick instead of taking another quarterback and instead used it to, you know, recoup some more capital, um, strengthen that line. I'm pretty sure, I think they took an alignment with the number nine pick. I could be, you know, putting my foot in my mouth right now or the number 10 pick because they traded. Nine to the Eagles. Anyway, but I think, like I said, I think Justin Fields is a stud. Obviously, he's incredible running the ball. Like, already one of the most prolific Russian quarterbacks we've seen. Um, but I think you're going to see his prowess in the passing game a lot more this year. I think DJ Moore is going to be a big help. In that, I don't think he's like on the same level as like Stefan Diggs or AJ Brown to where we're going to see that same jump we saw from Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts when they received those guys. But I do think he's going to be a lot better. They're probably not going to be as run heavy as they were last year. So we're going to actually get to see if I'm right if Justin Fields is underrated in throwing the ball. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't see them winning, you know, five more games than they did last year fair Uh, enough so i'm taking under seven and a half
0: respectable
1: respectable let's hop conferences here let's hop halves of the nation as well head down to the afc south let's start with the jacksonville jaguars they won the division last year which is just something that hasn't happened a lot since the inception of this team um but that's that's the Doug Peterson bump, baby. Last time we saw Doug Peterson in new head coaching gig with a young, highly drafted quarterback, his team won the Super Bowl in yeah. season two. So I'm pretty sure the Jags are going to win this year. Um, in all in all seriousness the second seed in the NFC that year when the Eagles won Super Bowl was the Case Keenum led Vikings. So, a bit of a far cry from this AFC that has, you know, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, but <laughs> um right. I still think I still like this team's chances to make some noise. I think if Trevor Lawrence takes that next step as a quarterback, which I think he will, a lot of other people think he will, um adding Cal- Calvin Ridley to this team is going to help with that a lot. They should win the South again. We'll get into, you know, who I think could could maybe dethrone them. It shouldn't come as a shock. Next, um, the defense doesn't inspire too much confidence, but they're they're sort of like a middling group. And the O should be able to put up points in bunches, I think. So I'm going to take over nine and a half for them. Sorry, I didn't introduce them the same way as usual. Uh, they went nine and eight last year after uh, beginning the season with a six and a half win prediction. Mm.
0: I am feeling very high on the Jaguars this year. Probably, like, comparison to where I was feeling about every team last year. This is, like, the biggest jump in, like, preseason confidence that I have for any team. Um, Going into last season, the AFC South looked like an absolute dumpster fire that could produce no interesting playoff contender. And then, like, during the season, it just seemed like more and more Jacksonville was becoming, like, an actual exciting AFC offense that I wanted to see take part in the playoffs. And they were sort of like slowly, but surely trying to break out of that uh, clown Fiesta game style that the AFC South is so loved and known for (laughs) Um, Doug Peterson. Like you said, coming in in his second year here with Trevor Lawrence, I think is going to continue to produce only good things. Lawrence has been turned, trending upwards phenomenally ever since he's been taken out from under the foot of urban Myers. And uh, in this last offseason, they made a pretty huge sign in Evan Ingram at tight end who like, I think last year down the stretch was like one of the most efficient tight ends in the league outside of Travis Kelsey. So it's going to be a really solid addition to their offense, um, especially because I think if there is any issues that this team still needs to work on, it's like walking and, you know, protecting, keeping Trevor Lawrence on his feet so he can make intelligent options. Um, so hopefully adding Evan Ingram is going to, if he if he can introduce him a little bit of defense into his game on top of the offensive prowess he already has. I I think that this is going to be a really easy division for this team to walk around in. They find themselves at 12th overall, easiest Schedule, which I think every team in this division is in the upper half, which isn't surprising because they all get to play each other. True. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely taking the over here.
1: Nice. We're both bullish on the Jags. Now let's get into our third co host's favorite team, the Coins' favorite team, the Tennessee Titans.
0: The team, the the favorite of everyone around me constantly.
1: Titans roll everything around me, (laughs) as they say.
0: Basically, let's talk about the Titans. You you start us off.
1: Yeah, they they, uh, came into last season with an over-under of 9 even. They did not hit that. They went 7-10. and Their over-under for this year is 7.5. Now, when I think of Titans football last year, I think of Ryan Tannehill missing some time towards the end of the season. I think about them really not inspiring any confidence, even though they were like in the playoff mix until that week 16 or 17 game against the Jags. Um, What I don't remember is that this team started out seven and three and was like at the top, like Mm -hmm. in the race for the top of the AFC at one point last year. Um, so when I re- when I realized that and started to think through it a little bit, uh, look at some of the additions that they've made this off season, like obviously DeAndre Hopkins coming in, um, he's going to really electrify their passing game If Ryan Tannehill stays healthy and just gives mediocre quarterback play. He doesn't even have to like give his best season. If he's just like number 20 b- between like 16th and 20th best quarterback in the league, that's going to be an improvement over what they saw last year. Um. King Henry, never going to age. He's going to dominate the NFL and opposing run defenses for eternity. As long as the NFL's around, I'm convinced. This defense is still really good. They've held on to good young stars like Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons. I think they're actually going to push the Jags for um, first in this division. And I think hopefully they have a game facing each other towards the end of the year like they did last year because that'll be a really fun storyline to watch uh, if that game ends up meaning something uh, i'm taking over seven and a half for the titans
0: um i'm also going to take over here even though i don't necessarily see them as in competition for the division because i do think that they're not going to have the complete second half slump that we saw them have last season i I'm still not extremely sold on Ryan Tannehill's ability to deliver this team to any sort of, like, a deep playoff run or anything like that. But I do think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a big sign. And like you said, it's hard to count out Derrick Henry, like, as long as he's healthy and in this league. So I think that this team has all of the right stuff to at least win more than they did last year. I don't mm-hmm. think that 7-10 and 10 is going to happen again so i'm confident taking the over here
1: oh dude my wish came true their last game of the season is Jag- jags Perfect. titans in tennessee so maybe maybe somebody makes their way out there for that one um might buy some might buy the tickets early because i feel like if it's getting towards that and it looks like it's going to be meaningful there th- those prices are going to go up but right. right. I think that'll be a fun one to go to. So we are both bullish on the over/under for the local team. Up next, let's talk about your uh, your family's other team, the team that you're not as passionate about, the Indianapolis Colts. Last year, they, I believe, yeah, they were favored to win the division going into last year. They had an over/under yeah. of ten, ended up at four, twelve, and one. I think that is by far and away the biggest disparity in performance from the well them and the broncos but yeah between the preseason prediction and the actual result they are at six and a half for this upcoming season so why don't you dive into the colts for us
0: yeah i mean it's hard to be passionate about the colts (laughs) i i think like last year i was feeling pretty hot about them coming into the offseason just because of like you know I, I still can't believe that they squandered having the most pro Bowl selections in the league. like they they this yeah. team had an unbelievable young core a couple years ago that already seems very already seems to be a shell of itself even though that they have held on to, you know some of the key names, namely like Jonathan Taylor, who has always been like the highest producing member of this team, um, has stuck around. Uh, A lot of their, like, defensive uh, pro bowl nominees from that year have stuck around as well. But this team's quarterback room has been competing Mm -hmm. with the Broncos' quarterback room for, like, the most pathetic one in the league since Peyton Manning left. Like, both of these teams have just had an impossible time moving on from Peyton Manning. And uh, on the one hand, I want to be a little bit, like, Higher on the Colts, just for the sake of them, like putting together a quarterback room of young guys this year, and like saying it's going to be like Sam Ellinger, or Garner Minshew, or like, uh, and then they drafted another quarterback this year as well, and Anthony Richardson. So they seem to be like actually dedicating themselves to building a young core. Uh, but in the last like decade, me and my family have lost like all faith in Jim or say to like yeah actually put together a good program. I am still kind of flummoxed about their coaching situation from last year. Like you said last week, like Frank Reich was horribly overblamed for that whole situation, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, because I literally only give him like. Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryans to work with out there. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, yeah. Really rough go at it for the Colts for the last few years. But, um, you know, they have a lot of exciting young players, like I already said, Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Amari Rogers, Michael Pittman Jr., Um, names that aren't like – that do inspire some sort of hope. But just overall, the Colts franchise has been – so bad for the last like few years i think that they're going to be finding themselves in a major rebuild this season i think that six and a half is a very ambitious expectation for improvement for this team i I think if they beat the 412 and one record from last year that's going to be signs of them moving in the right direction in my opinion
1: yeah yeah the veteran quarterback roulette has not been the move for them these past few years and they've just kept trying it over and over again um i don't know what this franchise is doing uh, jim ursay has been in the news lately uh, as you mentioned jonathan taylor has been like a staple for this offense who's been the most dynamic player for them and now jim ursay doesn't want to pay him just adding to all this uh, running back controversy um mm-hmm. if <laughs> i mean there's a chance that jonathan taylor doesn't play for the colts this year if you know he just holds out or they end up trading him because he requested a trade uh, we'll see what happens there hopefully for the colts sake they're able to work something out and just just pay the guy because he's your best player um and he's gonna be having somebody like that is gonna help out your burgeoning young star or what you hope is a young star and anthony richardson um I think Anthony Richardson's going to make some really big flash plays this year. He's going to be like, he's probably the closest thing to cam that we've seen since cam Newton came into the NFL. So uh, that's going to be fun just right there. But, um, they allowed the third most points in the league last year. I don't see much changing in that front. Their offense is going to take some time with a rookie quarterback and a first year head coach coming in. Um, but, you know, even if they don't pay Jonathan Taylor, at least they move that Orca, though. I don't know if you saw that. Um, Jim or guess, say yeah. willing to pay $20 million to move an Orca from SeaWorld to the us? Pacific Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> won't pay his best player. He's, like, um, notoriously
0: <laughs> the most generous... NFL yeah, honor, it's which, weird. And I think it's so funny. Yeah, he's just tax writing off all of his donations. Way to go, Jim. Yeah, my grandfather told me this offseason he's no longer rooting for the Colts, and he's like mm-hmm. as Hoosier as they come. so uh,
1: That sucks. You hate to see that.
0: He roots for Purdue, N- Notre Dame, Indiana, and Indiana State during oh the March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> just, one of them's got to make it. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: um but yeah i'm also taking under six and a half for the colts so maybe we'll be wrong though i'm excited to see anthony richardson either way um but speaking of young quarterbacks let's move on to the texans um they should have had their pick at any young quarterback they wanted they should have had the first overall pick in this last draft shout out lovey smith for not allowing that to happen um but they ended up taking quarterback at number two after all these rumors that they weren't going to take a quarterback, which would have been the dumbest thing ever to run it back again with giraffe neck Davis Mills. But they take CJ Stroud from Ohio State at number two, and then they trade up and take Will Anderson at number three. So uh, he's going to he's going to bring a lot of pop to the defense uh, as an edge player. I'm not expecting anything big, though, out of this first year under uh, D'Amico Ryans. But I do think things look a little brighter for the future. I agree uh, um, sorry, let me tell you about their their win total from last year. They were a four and a half win total team last year. They did not hit that three thirteen and one. They're at six and a half for this year though. I'm going under six and a half, but like I said, within the next two to three years, i can I definitely see the path for this. They've become at least competitive a competitive team in this division again.
0: I agree, yeah, I think so too i the Texans have been you know kind of. Directionless flounders for most of the time we've been making this show. Like ever since the uh, Sean Watson year off, uh, you know, it, for vacation time away from the league, <laughs> uh, this this team has been pretty directionless and it's seemingly like comfortable in that space, like being perennial bottom of the table, continuing to bring back Davis Mills or whoever their white boy of the week was who put up like one good pass (laughs) in the quarterback position. I think that they are moving in the right direction now with, like you said, like drafting a a young core, Um, a move that I was pretty interested in for the team during this offseason, signing Devin Singletary away from Buffalo, who I thought has been uh, a pretty solid, producer considering he's been like the second option in his position and only like 23 24 during his time with buffalo um also uh bobby trees who most recently had oh bobby trees season, that's right uh with the titans but you know two years ago was part of the most exciting wide receiver room in the league so i do think that there is a lot of Uh, between those two players and all of the other like good players that the Texans have been drafting up for the last few years I do think that there is the the pieces for a solid young core to be put together here um but yeah I agree with you I don't think that this is going to be the year that they activate on that I think that we are a couple years away from The leagues, like, I don't think that I'm, like, quickly reacting when I give them the title of, like, hardest earned wins in their time in the league. Like, the Texans in their 20 years have, like, never really been able to make anything happen. And I think that, um, you know, some teams fall to fourth in their division and bounce back immediately, but it always takes so much work for the Texans for some reason. (laughs)
1: yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a long road back and uh, let me just put us on plaster real quick the Texans are up 13 to three right now in the preseason oh, so against the New England Patriots cool. they're turning things around already. let me read you these stat lines for these quarterbacks Davis Mills 9 of 12 99 yards and a touchdown. oh my goodness he's tearing it up Holy CJ cow. Stroud CJ Stroud. Two of four, 13 yards, and an interception. So Mm. my apologies to Mr. Mills. He's the guy in in Houston. He's going to lead them to where they want to go.
0: They both have the perennially wise Case Keenum to rely on as well. Um, (laughs) I
1: had no idea he was on the Texans until I was reading these stats.
0: Uh, funny stuff, but yeah, the Texans sit at seventh easiest schedule uh, compared with the third for the Colts that we just talked about. But both these teams, easy schedules, um, creating easy schedules for other players for other teams as well. I don't expect the Texans to pull seven wins this year. The first season the Texans win seven on an NFL's season, I'm going to start re-questioning some things. I think, but. Until then, we're going to keep doing it just like we do it. Thank you for tuning in for another uh, over under prediction episode of NFL is make sure to follow us on X at NFLs. make sure to share with your friends. Make sure to rate and review us on Spotify or Apple with a five. That's the only option you're allowed to pick on there. Make sure to um, check your prostate. (laughs) Do you have anything?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's probably really important for our demographic. (laughs) I just want to echo that.
0: (laughs) Cool. All right. Thank you for echoing that. Well, my name is Jacob Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade. See you guys again next week.